I'll do the research or like, you know, sorry, not having any fun. But basically, uh, they were shutting it down, just crazy sideshows. And uh, it made me think, it was like, wow, they're letting everyone know that you can have North Oakland white people, you can have West Oakland white people, but you can't come to the East. No, no, you can't. Stay out. And it was also nice to know that uh, Oakland is good at other things than just attracting bandwagon NBA fans, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, Go Warriors, great, yeah, see? That's great. You know, Warriors, <laughs> Warriors are they're killing it right now. They are, they can't, they cannot lose. And it's just, it's amazing. Because uh, I used to watch them when they lose, they lost so much that I became a Kings fan. So, uh, nah, that, that team was awesome. But uh, it, it just brought me back. I felt really nostalgic watching those uh, stories about sideshows. I've never been to a real sideshow. I just saw a bunch on YouTube. Um, I'll give it, I mean, it's just a bunch of people creating anarchy and it's just crazy. They do donuts, they just take over, the police can do nothing. There's a video of them stomping out a car and I watched it on LiveLeak and you know, you know it's like a crazy video from Oakland when they have that disclaimer like, LiveLeak opposes racial slurs. But then there's still, there's still a little meme of a bunch of monkeys stomping on a car, like climbing on a car and you're just like, how is that not a racial slur? Just because no one writes a racial slur on LiveLeak? That means I can post pictures that are racist? Like, I don't get it. Fucking LiveLeak, that's just such a bullshit disclaimer. But uh, it took me back. It took me back to the hyphy movement. I don't know if anyone here is from the Bay Area. I know we're in San Francisco, so. Uh, yeah, hyphy. Do you know that word? Yeah, you're hyphy all the time. I mean, hyphy in the tutu. Jesus is just hyphy as goddamn who knows what. I mean, good lord. He's so fucking hyphy. You were born hyphy. I don't even know. But hyphy's like a verb or an adverb, or I don't fucking know. I'm not too good parts of speech, I went to a little weird charter school. They didn't teach us any fundamentals about the English language, but hyphy, it was a beautiful time. I mean, I was only in high school. I mean, I go out now. No, I didn't go. Yeah, it was kind of hyphy. Hayward High, yeah. Oh, it got, it got pretty hyphy there. Uh, but I just, I can't, I mean, they, Oakland can have all the first Fridays they want, but I don't think the Bay is ever gonna be as fun as the hyphy movement, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I don't think it is. Uh, <laughs> I, I see what you did there. You forgot the ghost, because like ghosts, you can't really see them, so you just, yeah, ride the whip. You don't need to ghost ride it. Like, just, you know, it's a silent ghost. But uh, anyhow, <laughs> hyphy movement got kind of weird towards the end. You know, you had these rappers that wanted to keep it going, but they were just, they were young. They didn't really nowhere to go, so they're like, we're just gonna be hyphy, like Sleepy D, D-Lo, I don't know if anyone ever heard of those. No, yeah, <laughs> I, I knew someone would know about them. But uh, D-Lo, D-Lo is this rapper, I don't know if you ever heard of him, I'm sure you've heard of D-Lo, yeah, just cause, I, I know, that, that was just stupid of me to assume that just cause you didn't laugh at that, doesn't mean that you don't know D-Lo, you know, because, <laughs> Okay, D-Lo was a rapper, and he made, he made a song where he's like, he basically just is expressed his opinion about how he doesn't give a fuck about no-ho, right? So, and when I say no-ho, I don't mean like North Hollywood, like, you know, a ho, like, it was like D-Lo, D-Lo. And he states his name like five or six times. He's like, I don't give a fuck about no-ho, right? And, uh, you know, he got really popular, because it was just a huge, it was just a huge song. It's a big old beat, you know. 
you know like a Barry song is really popular when you hear people rapping it on bar like they're not even playing it from a cell phone or a speaker they're just they're just singing it for no reason just like can you stop please can you please stop this is like circa 2007 or something I'm bringing it back I'm bringing it back but <laughs> so he did kind of disappeared came back about a year later with a song called you played me right and this song it was all about how a woman like stole his heart and his hard-earned money, and she played him. And I was like, D'Lo, I mean, come on, p choose a side here, choose a side. Cause you, <laughs> do you think that none of your hoes ever listen to the radio? I mean, <laughs> come on, like you can't talk all this shit about how you don't care about them, and then expect them to be like loyal and stay around. I mean, come on, one of them is gonna get smart and take the money that she's supposed to be making from like prostituting herself and just leave, you know? <laughs> fucking deal, like, this fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. I'm like, I know you're done with the lollipop and you're just giving your opinions, man. I like, you got, you got some logic, man. You're, you got some, I wish, yeah. <laughs> hey, whatever works, LSD, LSD, uh, not here, but, uh, Man, this hyphy stuff, it just, yeah. I wasn't gonna transition, but hyphy stuff. Oh my goodness, LSD is so hyphy. <laughs> no, no, it is, it is pretty hyphy. Oh, good times, good times at the clubhouse. We having fun? Yeah, amazing, amazing. I actually, I actually ended up at a, uh, a Sleepy D and D-Lo performance one night. <laughs> I don't know how. It's a function. I don't know if you, I mean, Sleepy D and D-Lo. They were, they were two rappers. I was just talking about one of them. So Sleepy D was a brilliant rapper. He made a song called Sleepy Fucking D. So basically, so like D-Lo just said his name, D-Lo, D-Lo, D-Lo. And then Sleepy was like, hey, uh, I'm going to like one-up you and just put fucking in between my two names. <laughs> But anyways, a function, does anyone here know what a function is, no? Okay, <laughs> Bay Area people, okay, great. So a function is basically just, it's a f kind of, you know, hip, whatever, what have you word for an illegal party for a bunch of kind of underage people. So basically they just, they turn an establishment into, you know, a dance hall or what have you. And uh, they're throwing at restaurants anywhere, you know, anywhere you could just cram a bunch of people into. So I ended up at one, it was like a graduation function. It was in Union City, which is the worst, because it's on the outskirts, so you know everyone's gonna be coming there like trying to act extra hard. So, yeah, does that, does that mean like a, okay, awesome. And <laughs> it just, it was just, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. I walked in there, just, you know that feeling where you walk in somewhere and you're like, I might not make it out here tonight. You know, I might not make it out. I might not make it out. That's when you know you have to have good friends. And uh, we were at this party, and these guys started performing. It was terrifying. Um, just madness going on. Everyone had to, you know, claim where they're from, blah, 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 North Oakland, West. You know, none of them are actually from those places. Like, maybe they used to go to their auntie's, like, barbecues there, but they're all from the, you know, suburbs or whatnot. And my friend grabbed me. She's like, Yaku, we should go into the bar, because we were at a Mexican restaurant, of course, because that's where functions occur most of the time. And she's like, here, we should get some water. And I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. So I went to go drink out of the glass of water. And she's like, you should, you should be careful. You should have this straw. 
because you might get herpes if you drink straight from the glass. Like, we're at a function right now. I'm not worried about herpes, okay? I, I want to make it out here alive, okay? Oh, goodness gracious. Anyways, you know, one more thing, one more thing, Pam. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> do my thing. Anyways, so I, I've been riding my bike a lot. I've been riding my bike so much. And, uh, you know, had this car um, and met an unfortunate end on the Dumbarton Bridge. It went up in flames, like one of those stubborn Buddhist monks, you know. And I was just like, I mean, like, <laughs> it's like, can we reach an agreement? Uh, you, you acted so drastically. Like, I know I pushed you. But you're just being unreasonable. Why'd you just, why'd you have to just go light yourself on fire? But the, the point is that I got a new car today and I'm really excited. Yeah, result, man. Yeah, man. Oh. I mean, after all that pain, all that back pain riding my bike around, I feel, I drove it around for two hours today and uh, I'm terrible at driving clutch. And I'm also terrified that it's going to get stolen and turn into a Mexican taxi because <laughs> it's, it's just, it's apparently the taxi car in Mexico. So yeah, I'm a smart Californian. I bought a car that is the most popular taxi in Mexico. That's just brilliant logic there, Jacob. Anyways, thank you all. Yeah, if all it, yeah, when I give up at this, I'm just gonna go become a Mexican taxi driver. Give it up for Mexican taxi drivers and yourselves and Pam, yay! Vandermilk, Vandervilk. Uh, hey, uh, he should, you really should move to Mexico. It's a good idea. You just move with your car and you find a sign that says, say, renta, and then you hang out by the beach forever and you become a Mexican taxi driver. So, uh, in honor of the young men that are here from Hayward, I'm going to try to do the splits because. I'm a 41-year-old woman, and I can do handstands, and I can do cartwheels, but I used to be able to do the splits, and I'm gonna try it here. You know, I will do it with the microphone in my hand. Okay, this is, this is for the, this is, this is for the boys. Almost, almost, it's so close. I used to be able to go all the way down. Oh, I'm so far away. This is so not close, this is so difficult. Oh, it's, no. I can only do it with a half leg. I suck. I'm not in sh I am not as flexible as I was when I was 36, and that makes me sad. Uh, but what doesn't make me sad is that our next comedian is half my age. <laughs> That's so cute. Uh, you guys are gonna love him. I mean, okay, so I'm 41. I think you're 20 now. Uh, it's, it's you, Mikey J. Stern. It's you, Mikey J. Stern. It's you, Mikey J. Stern. How old are you now, darling? 20, exactly. So he is, he, is, uh, he is less, more than half my age. I don't understand math. But I'm 41 and he's 20 and he's hilarious. And I'm gonna yell at these people outside to fucking come in to listen to your set. God damn it. Hi, Suggest, it's nice Hi. to see you. Put your hands together, the very hilarious Mikey J starts. All right, this is about to get amazing, you guys. It's about that time. I don't mean it's hype it up with so much cocky shit. This, this, is, a, this is an amazing show, you guys. Jesus is. I have to tell the people outside to come inside. Oh, shit. 
But Jesus, the whole time Jesus was doing his dance, I was like standing behind him, like the moms at the beauty pageants, like doing the dance with him and shit, like a proud mom. Like, shit was amazing. Oh, man. There you go. That's right. Uh, look, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys could tell. I'm a bit flaky on my jokes. So if you wouldn't mind throwing out a topic, bet you I can make it fucking hilarious. Just throw out anything. Bet you I could kill it. Come on, keep it, come on, throw it at me. I heard telescopes, I heard telescopes. I specific, that's, the, that's the point of the joke, ma'am. That's the point of the joke. Obviously she didn't get it, but that's okay. Oh my God, oh my God, this is obviously going great. This is, this is what dreams are made of, you guys. This is, Thank you so much. You give it up for her for helping. Come on, you guys. Thank you so much. You were ever so kind for fixing the mic that I brutally destroyed. Uh, <laughs> this is just me and you now. It's just me and you. Let's just talk about the destruction of this mic stand and what it really means to our society. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Uh, let you guys get to know me a bit. Uh, Recently, my mom came up to me and she said, hey, Mikey J, I want to lose weight. I said, that's cool. She said, I want to take it a step further. I want to lose the baby fat that you gave me when you were born. I don't think that's weird because I'm 20 years old. I only think that's weird because I'm fucking adopted. Like, what is it? Come on, just take responsibility. It's just fat, bitch. Uh, I love my mom. She's cool. It's my nigga. Uh, I have a girlfriend. Uh, no, I don't, but for the sake of this joke, I have a girlfriend, and uh, she, she wants me to be more aggressive, you know, with, with her and life and things like that, so I decided to talk like Batman because I guess that helps. Uh, it's because I'm really nerdy, and, like, I'm really getting into this Batman shit now, you know? Like, uh, the other day, we were having sex. She was like, ooh, whose pussy is this? I was like, Bruce Wayne. She said, well, I was like, Batman, bitch, be cool. And, uh, <laughs> Like, I'm, I'm really, really getting into it, you know? Like, I move like Batman, I grunt like Batman, I throw a batarang at her fucking forehead like Batman. Like, I'm really getting in. I'm sorry that I did this as a sex gesture. You gotta fuck like your favorite shape, and I like circles. Uh, <laughs> yeah, octagon. <laughs> I don't know that many shapes. Uh, no, but for real, this Batman sex shit, like, you really get into it. Like, it, fellas, you have no idea how much your sex life improves when you're fucking and boom, swoosh, and pow, pops up as you hit. Unless <laughs> you know what you're doing. Uh, I'm going to try this one out. Uh, I have a little cousin. He's like, uh, he's like four years old. And everybody's like, oh, your little cousin. He's like, he's really cute. He's so cute. He's so handsome. He's a little, little guy. He's cute. But I take care of him. And like when I take care of him, all he does is, is he whips his dick out and just starts swinging it, right? And so uh, the other day, I was, uh, it, was, it was Halloween, and uh, he can't say candy. He says Mandy instead. He says, I want some Mandy. I want some Mandy. And then my girlfriend, she's like, oh, that's so cute. And I'm like, yeah, that's cute, but it's nowhere near as cute as when he starts swinging his little dick around the house, just running around, hugging kids and whatnot. And I don't know why I thought that would get me cool points, but it did. So there you go. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. 
I'm so sorry about this, y'all. I'm just distracted by this thing of money. Uh, I'm really poor, so, you know, a dollar in a big-ass jar just looks amazing to me. And I only, like, all the other money is behind the sign, and I see one dollar, and that's getting me so wet. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm really poor. Uh, there's a tip jar. There's usually a tip jar in the middle of my set, so if you want to donate to the foundation of a dropout college student, it's your boy. Uh, Let me think, let me think. I used to go to film school, and uh, film school is a cool place. Except people judge me, make fun of outfits I wear, you know. The other day, this girl she came up to me, so oh my God, what are you wearing? That outfit is so yesterday. But I told her straight up, bitch, I wore this yesterday. Like, don't judge me. <laughs> they make fun of my dietary habits. I'm a black dude, I like to come up to school with six or seven boxes of $2 chicken. And this girl, she said that's not healthy. She was like, you know, that's not healthy, shouldn't do that. 40% of what's in fried chicken is nothing but grease and fat. I said, that's cool, but 100% of this person doesn't give a fuck. Like, don't judge me, leave me alone. I think I fucked up, did I say 100%? I don't know. But uh, yeah, man, we out here, <laughs> we out here. Uh. Squid, there you go. <laughs> it was it was fun. Like oh, you could I, I, I like it. the last guy who <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, I thought can do I this. Thought. Wait, oh, is that can a I hear myself? Hello. Can you? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> are we on the air? <laughs> yeah, you are. Oh. I can't perfect. hear myself though. Maybe I maybe it's not working. No. Do you want to switch headphones? <coughs> huh? Do you want to switch headphones? Yeah. Maybe? Okay. Wait, just put him on and tell me if you can hear me. <laughs> yes, I hear you in the left ear. Ugh, okay. my, my voice too. That's scary. <laughs> my, my voice is scaring me. <laughs> We're only meant to be left-sided, left-handed folks. Donate some headphones to Mutiny Radio. Actually, cables, yes. I think it's the cable, right? Yes. Wait, I can hear me now. Wait, hold on. I can Hello. hear me. I can hear me. You can hear me? I can hear you. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unlike that other time we were doing a sound check and then as soon as we were on the air, oh my God, oh my God. I know. It's it's hard. Yeah. Um, but we are in need of some cables. Um, mm-hmm. What do you call these? Auxiliary cables? Yes. Or it's something. It might be my fault because see how it always gets caught in my leg. Yeah. I might have pulled on it. It's just wear and tear. You know, we have... So many shows going on every day. We need, you know, just two extra of these extension cables yeah. because back in the day we used to plug it in right here because I remember we did the... Back in the day, things used to... And then... Things uh, were newer back in the day, Aisha. Things, Sorry to tell you. Things were newer. Back five, in the day, you were five newer. Years, five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least we're still here. Yeah. Keeping we're still it doing real. our things. That's all good. Still here. I was going to read a new story from The Guardian, which is a very well-known UK uh, news outlet. And they recently did a story about women in music who are also writing, you know, their biographies now, such as Chrissy Hind, Viv Albertine, Carrie Brownstein from Portlandia, and Sleater Kinney. Patti Smith. And Patty Smith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's also mentioned in the story, so I thought it I was... I just saw it on her way over here at, at the bookstore, so mm-hmm. that was kind of... They've got to have their monies. Music memoirs by artists such as Chrissy Hind and Phil Albertine have taken the publishing world by storm, status- satisfying a hunger for less told rock tales and changing our idea of what it means to be an older woman. 
in 2010 at a Welsh literary festival, an editor got chatting to a 55-year-old woman. I mention the age as it conjures up expectations of someone gently approaching retirement, ordering her next cup of tea. The woman had just released an album and was thinking about writing her memoirs. Four years later, they were published by Faber. Anyone who writes an autobiography is either a twat or broke, it began. I'm a bit of both. The first chapter was titled Masturbation. She's not a fan. (laughs) Can't be bothered and ended. Here we go then. Genital warts and all (laughs) written by former Slitz guitarist Viv Albertine. I haven't yet read this book, but I'm it's in my the warts. Here we go again is like, yeah, that's all you need to know. (laughs) Uh, Close, close, close. Music, music, music. Boys, boys, boys. Went on to become the Sunday Times and Rough Trades Music Book of the Year and sell tens of thousands of copies. It was a staggering success for an artist little known outside punk circles, but a similar one had already been achieved by Tracy Thorne. Her 2013 memoir, Bedsit Disco Queen, was a Sunday Times bestseller. This autumn, the female music memoirs everywhere. Many are from major publishers, Chrissy Hines, Reckless, Grace Jones, I'll Never Write My Memoirs, Patti Smith's M Train, Carrie Brownstein of Sleater Kinney's Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl. In the U.S. music memoir market, the highest print runs are for women's books. Smith and Hind are both at 200,000, above Elvis Costello's eagerly awaited biography at 150,000. <laughs> While some women shifting books are mainstream superstars, others aren't. Last spring, Faber also did well with Kim Gordon, ex of Sonic Youth's Girl in a Band, uh, brought in from the U.S. Next spring, ex-fall member Brick Smith starts memoirs appear. Several other artists are in conversations with the company, says Faber, creative director Lee Brackstone, and interestingly, many came to him without the representation of an agent. In other words, no professional filter had been applied. These stories are raw, and it's horrible to make these books sound homogenous, Brackstone says, but in a way, they're all different aspects of the same story. They come from very different places, but they're articulating similar experiences. I like her shirt because it says girls invented punk rock, not England. (laughs) Just making a clear statement there. There you go, Kevin Gordon. Braxton was the editor who met Albertine at the 2010 Lafarne Weekend Literary Festival. Having worried for years that Faber's music list was dominated by men, he encouraged Albertine to come for a meeting. She brought him some pages less than a month later, and hers was such a vital story straight away that was obvious. After meeting her, it also hit me very strongly that the history of punk, or British punk at least, had always been his story. Viv's writing was very brutal and honest in a new way, he adds, and also detailed the afterlife of her fame, which was just as extraordinary. At numerous literary events since, Albertine has talked about wanting to call the book Deconstruction of a Legend. Instead of myth-making, she pulls apart success, as well as female experiences such as cervical, can- cervical cancer, IVF, and being a miserable housewife. In the book, she also crucially explains how female musical role models helped her along in her early years, such as Patti Smith, the likes of whom she had never seen before. Listening to Smith's debut album, Horses, unlocks an idea for me, she writes, as she does through the book in an urgent urgent pre-present tense, that girls' sexuality can be on their own terms for their own pleasure or creative work. If I can take a quarter or even an eighth of what she has and not give a shit about making a fool of myself, maybe I still can do something with my life. 
In other words, music offered Albertine a means of expression, emancipation, and control in 1975. The punk and DIY movements that followed saw women defining their musical identities and careers in revolutionary new ways. It's perhaps no surprise that the women who wrote songs to connect with the world in groundbreaking, groundbreaking ways back then are now, decades later, writing frank, direct memoirs. I'll read one more paragraph. Tracy Thorne also enjoyed destroying the myth of her image in her book. Thorne's original editor, Roran Cope, now works at Simon Schuster, who are publishing Grace Jones's biography, one of the very few that is ghostwritten with music journalist Paul Morley. Cope agrees that the era these women came from certainly helps. It's also partly to do with age. You get to a certain time in life and you tr traditionally look back and take stock, but people were once expected to expected to get sensible and lots of people don't do that anymore especially performers who have now had a larger than life musical career they're still making music in their 60s performing being opinionated being outrageous um if you want to read more about this article it's on theguardian.com there's a couple more paragraphs but i just thought it was an interesting um yeah. yeah, article about uh, women who have been around for for decades now, and they're trying to barely getting out there with their books, right? Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, especially um, Grace Jones has been around for a long time. Uh, she has a ghostwriter, mm -hmm. so she's not doing herself. Yeah, and then Christy Hind, obviously from the Pretenders, Viv Albertine from the Slits, and Kim Gordon. Um, I think her book came out last year. Yes. So, um, and I just saw Spatty. Patty Smith's Patty. <laughs> um, at remember, I don't know what it's called. It's like a boutique, but they sell books, I guess. Right on Valencia. It's right next to the vitamin shop we went to. Oh yeah. I was like, hey, that's mm -hmm. interesting. So near, it's nearby. Yep. If you wanna, and then a lot of people. I ordered. I happened to order my book before it came out on Amazon. Which one? Um, the one by. Viv Albertine, close, 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 music, 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 boys, boys, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't had a chance to actually read it, but yeah. now reading the story, I'm like, oh, you already got it. I need to read this book. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it would be an interesting, you know, be, it's always yeah. good to hear like about behind the scenes, like what was really going on. It's juicy, juicy mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Besides the Slits are one of my favorite bands of all time, so... <laughs> I yeah, exactly. To, I so owe would it really to enjoy her, it. and you know, having done the interview with her a couple of years ago too, that was it, it. Would I think it would put everything in perspective? Yeah, very lucky, lucky lady you are. Mm -hmm. um, I have. It's a report: terrorist plot attacks at Five Finger Death Punch concert EDM show. Um, online hackers anonymous say they've uncovered information and handed it over to the FBI and CIA. No. Oh. Anonymous trusts the FBI and the CIA. What? Uh, Anonymous International Collective of Online ha uh, Hackers says this has uncovered documents detailing plans for a series of terrorist attacks set up for Sunday. According to International Business Times, among the apparent targets, a five-finger death punch show scheduled for Alcatraz in Milan, Italy, and an EDM concert featuring Adam Bayer and Alan Fitzpatrick that's so to take place at the concrete in Paris, France. 
Um, the threats came just eight days after terrorists struck Paris, killing 130 people and injuring 300 others. Of those, 89 people lost their lives uh, at the Bataclan, where Eagles of Death Metal were performing a concert. Anonymous says it has handed over the information to the CIA and FBI in the United States, as well as governments in the UK and Australia. The group said in the statement, the goal is to make sure that the whole world, or at least the people going to these events, know that they know that there have been threats and there is a possibility of an attack to happen. Another goal is to make sure death, um, sorry, Daesh uh, knows that the world knows uh, and counsels the attacks, which will disorientate them for a while. Uh, among the other apparent targets, according to Anonymous, is the WWE Survivor Series at Phillips Arena in Atlanta, uh, Stigales Electronics by Vocodex, Replay and Raw Tour in Levisan in Paris. Paris, Paris, I'm saying it like Paris. Concrete invites drum code Adam Bayer, Alan Fitzpatrick, Joel Moe at concert in, um, sorry, at Concrete in Paris. A demonstration by Collectif Droit the Fiends, uh, totally butchering that, in Paris as well. Feast of Christ, the King celebrations in Rome, and Al Jihad One Day, One Just, Indonesia. Oh, also uh, University Pastoral Day at Holy Spirit University in Catholic Lebanon. Dun, dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. That's scary. At least if they cancel them or if they have heightened security. Yeah, there's a lot of height, heightened security even in San Francisco now, yeah. right? Some of the major hubbubs in downtown, we noticed there were more Oh yeah, cops. there's a lot more police officers in the Westfield area. So, I mean, I guess. I Do mean, you feel safer, I guess? No. That's the question. No. <laughs> it's not like they can... And I don't want that to happen. I don't want them to go up to, like, anybody and just ask them, hey, do you happen to have a weapon? Or um, I think that would instigate a lot of things. You look of, suspicious. Yeah, exactly. There's no no good way to go about somebody who wants to do harm to somebody else. There just isn't, you know? Exactly. I totally agree. Does you have any other stories? Yeah, I found one that you're going to like. It's from theenemy.com. Um, I, I get to download, I guess, the latest issues now, apparently. I think for years, like, I wasn't able to do this. And then one day it was like, oh, hello. <laughs> um, one of the articles is they're focusing on Jennifer Lawrence. As you know, she's kind of, she's not really up and coming anymore. She's actually kind of made Established. it. Um, the Hunger Games film series may be finishing, but Jennifer Lawrence's greatness is assured. Nick Levine explains why the 25-year-old actor is now the most powerful player in Hollywood. Uh, she earns more than any actor except Robert Downey Jr. From August 2014 to August 2015, Lawrence ranked in a massive $52 million, a total... Downey Jr. only beats because of his astonishingly astonishingly lucrative ongoing Iron Man deal. Money counts in Hollywood, but Lawrence's position is unique because she combines across-the-board marketability with widespread critical acclaim. In fact, she's the only actor in Hollywood's top 10 earners to have won an Oscar for 2012's Silver Linings Playbook. I haven't seen that one yet. It's good. 
And um, franchise films haven't affected her credibility. Lawrence has appeared in six franchise films in five years, yet no casting director would dream of pigeonholing her. Her roles in smaller films, A Widow Learning to Dance, and Silver Linings Playbook, An Unhinged 70s Housewife, and American Hustle, have been just as memorable as her turns as Katniss in The Hunger Games and Mystique in X-Men. She's turning a story about a mop inventor into Oscar bait. January brings the UK release of Joy, Lawrence's third film with director David O. Russell. She stars as Joy Mangano, the woman who invented the miracle mop. With virtually any other actor in the lead role, this film would be a hard sell, but with Lawrence's name above the title, it's already being tipped as an Oscar contender. If she makes the shortlist, it will be a remarkable fourth Oscar nomination in six years. Oops. Good for her. She's creating her own roles. This summer, Lawrence announced that she's writing a comedy film with Trainwreck's Amy Schumer. That's going to be good. It was Lawrence who made this collaboration happen. I watched Trainwreck, and I was like, yep, we're made for each other. (laughs) And then I reached out, and everything just happened so quickly, Lawrence explained on Entertainment Tonight. She avoids social media without seeming aloof. This August, Schumer posted snaps from her holiday with Lawrence in the Hamptons. The the picture soon went viral, partly because they showed two huge stars having a blast together, but they also dominated our Facebook feeds because catching a glimpse of (laughs) J-Law... Is that what they call her? Yeah. On social media is so rare. She's managed to stay off Twitter and Instagram without seeming out of touch because during interviews, she's frank, funny, and utterly down to earth. She's tearing down the Hollywood pay gap. Lawrence is using her clout to influence Hollywood's ongoing discussion about the pay gap between male and female actors. In an essay for Lena Dunham's Lenny Newsletter, she's the writer behind the show, Girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, she expressed her dismay at discovering she'd received a smaller cut of American Hustle's profits than her male co-stars and vowed to negotiate harder in the future. I'm over trying to find the adorable way to state my opinion and still be likable, she wrote. For her next film, Space Romance Passenger, she's pocketing a reported $20 million. That's $8 million more than her male co-star, Chris Pratt, even though he fronted this year's biggest film, Jurassic World. It just goes to show that in Hollywood, in 2015 jennifer lawrence is in a class of her own good job girl yeah and she's like <laughs> she's my age i feel so lazy <laughs> uh, i think she's like she, i mean i guess it just shows that things are changing even though yeah. it seems like a lot of things stay the same it's it's good to i think read stories like that yeah at least they're know. encouraging there's hope there's hope out there um i have michael jackson oh I mean, I don't have him, but, you know, he's back in the news. Well, for a good reason, too. Um, Michael Jackson's Thriller is being given away for free. I don't have that in my iTunes, so I feel like I should get get on that. And Mm -hmm. if you don't have it either, you should, too. Google Play is offering free downloads for this modern music masterpiece for the next seven days. This was posted on November 20th, so you still have a few days to go. Uh, If Michael Jackson's 1982 pop masterpiece thriller is somehow missing from your music library today, uh, uh, you can 
bring the premium opportunity to rectify it for the next seven days from November 20th to the 27th. Google Play is offering U.S. Res uh, residents a free download of the album. Apparently, it's an all-in celebration of the album's 33-year 33rd year um, anniversary, which seems like a weird milestone to celebrate. But hey, who are we to judge free music? Uh, grab the free download here. And this is how the consequence of sound. And ask yourself, is it truly deserving to be called the fourth best album ever released? You could also watch a video below, and that is of Michael Jackson's Thriller. Oh, awesome. So that's going to be avail available for free? On Google Play. Oh, Google Play. Yes. I haven't used Google Play that I much. I don't know what that is. But, but I have... <laughs> but I can just Google it. What's that other one I have? There's <laughs> Google Plus. Google Plus, yeah. That's the my, social media thing. Right? My business on there. That's but the failure of social media. <laughs> the failure. <laughs> of all the social medias. It's the one that failed most horribly. Yeah, I just feel like... Surprisingly, too. But I guess Google should stick with what, it's know, what it knows Google best. Docs are yeah. amazing, by the way. Gmail, Gmail, and I use Google now Docs they're trying the to get us to download Google Play. Which you know, if you want f the free um, Michael Jackson album, you might have to do that. But it might be worth it. It's free. Mm -hmm. A way to get his Don't we music love free out. Stuff? Uh huh. <laughs> For like, yep. maybe somebody who's never heard it before. You know, a new generation of. I've only you know. heard the hits. I, I'm not a huge Michael Jackson fan, just because I don't think I've listen to his an entire album so for me it would be perfect ouch <laughs> you tend to cut yourself on the yeah air? <laughs> on the air <laughs> speaking of memoirs i guess uh wilco stiff tweety is working on his i'm not gonna read it but i just saw that that's a story jeff tweety what do we have going on today? Um, we have Sayers. I think they're already here, so we will invite them into the studio shortly. Um, and then later we're going to the Madrone Art Bar, right? I've no, I haven't been there yet. Yeah, it's nice. Um, it's really small, so it gets really full easily. But um, I like this way anyway. <laughs> you handled that well. I would have been like, hold on. I know. I saw it coming. <laughs> um yeah, they're having Indie Dance Night there, and our friend invited us over, so we will attend that because yeah. we are not flaky. No, we're not, but it's... We it's, try not to be, at least. It's a fun area, too. There is yeah, Javis is fun. kind of interesting. It has a, a really cool nightlife, I think. Um, and it's also nice for us because we live in separate areas of the city. We live, like, it's like at opposite a, ends of each other. It's like a halfway... And it's a halfway point, point for both of us, mm -hmm. so that's always good. And um, I went to see uh, a show this week. It was actually a couple of days after the Bataclan incident. And I think one or one of the bands, at least the cult, they had actually played there before. So they were going into a, their spiel about that. But I quite like Primal Scream. I feel like that's that would pretty much be like the kind of music that we enjoy, which is late 80s, early 90s. Think, what think what Happy band Mondays. would you compare it to? You, Happy Mondays, the Stone Roses. For real? That whole scene. Oh, shit. Like All a combination right. of that. So I was like, oh, I'm digging this. But then as soon as the cult went on, don't, don't get me wrong, I love their music, but maybe it was just kind of... Some of the things that he was saying, it was hard to really understand, but he was kind of like poking fun at, you know, like San Francisco tech workers. And he was saying something about women that I couldn't really, I couldn't really understand what he was saying. But Why? I don't know. Was like, he drunk? 
he he might have been under the influence but i mean he was singing the songs perfectly note for note well that's how you do it <laughs> but i was just like this guy is so fucking opinionated yeah you know and he was like kind it's of like play she was sort of said shut up and play like whereas the other guy was like you know it was like 1965 like yeah. <laughs> you know let's just fucking do this shit let's you dance. know like i was into it like yeah. I f- he was making eye contact with me in particular oh, and then other shit. people in the audience so i mean yeah. i was having a good time but yeah. with the other with the cold it just it wasn't as it wasn't as fun it wasn't as fun but yeah. i still enjoyed you know the fact that i got to go and yeah. you know yeah i'm not afraid no complaints no complaints <laughs> yeah and um, I have a couple good songs in this set list. So I thought it was... A would couple? Look, okay, mostly good ones. <laughs> All good ones. So stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio. See you. 
for the first time since I hated you that I used to love you.
you And I've walked down life's lonely highways Hand in hand with myself And I realize How many paths have crossed between us Was the lovely Velvet Underground from their last album, their last official album as a band. And uh, you want to stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio. We have Indian Oven here live at Mutiny Radio, and they're going to be playing a couple songs for us. And if you're just tuning in, this is Sounds from the Street. We're on every Saturday from 6 to 8 p.m. And without further ado, here is Indian Oven.
with a single finger, she pointed down on the ocean form, the shape of my family. Next song's called Mystery Novel. He reads a mystery novel. It's all about a murder It takes place in Seattle And talks about the rain He's reading every chapter Digesting every line He's thinking about the captain And losing track of time With so much left to do He's turning on the TV And it's half past two And when he finally falls Asleep to blaring screams That image of his father Comes ripping through his dreams And he was just waiting For someone to And knocking down his door 
Uh, you mean switch to electric? Or no? Is that all the acoustic keys? I don't know. I think so. All right. We're going to take a two-second switch guitars. After a slight break, Indian Oven is back on the air. Stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio. This song is called Harder. And it's harder as the day 
halfway across the road halfway across the road halfway Shadow of you standing there. Shadow of you standing there. Despite what you think, I think you still care. And it's harder. called Boogie with an X and it's a true life story about growing up having parents Friend makes me scared. Other 
And you're coming up the stairs And I'm underneath my covers Cause your boyfriend makes me scared No, he's always laughing But his smiles look so sad And I'm always caught in wonder how easy he gets mad And when the night is over And you're lying in my bed Tell me that you love me Push the hair back from my head just tuning in that was a lovely set by Oakland's Indian Oven and they're going to be coming in the studio very shortly to s speak with us about uh, who they are and what they've been up to in the meantime I will let you know the songs that we played in the previous set in case you were wondering because it's always always a good choice your shit are you playing now <laughs> the best shit in the world. So the last song we heard before Indian Oven was The Velvet Underground from their last album, Loaded, which I guess was remastered and re-released pretty recently. And that was I Found a Reason. And before that was Susie and the Banshees with another album that was just released, Live in Cologne. The song's called Eve White, Eve Black. And before that was the song I was telling you about by Brenton Wood from his first album, Oogum Boogum. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. Yeah, that's a that's a famous another famous song by him. But this is uh, Give Me a Little Sign. You probably heard it on all of the oldies stations, but I never knew who he was. I just woke up this morning and started singing it. Oh, Out of nowhere. What? Just give me some kind of sign, love. Oh, oh my okay. baby. Show me that it's you're like, mine, what are you girl. About? I'm looking for it. It's so like it's so catchy, you know? It's like it just gets you. He just has grabs feel you. good songs. Like soul kind of yeah. you know, that Logan whole vibe. Really good to wake up to. Otis mm -hmm. yeah. Maybe I'll wake up singing that tomorrow. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what the day will bring? Who knows what will happen? 
Indian Evan is here. <laughs> they made the trick. And before Brenton Wood was little Eva with Keep Your Hands Off My Baby. And before that was Gwen Stefani, her new single, Used to Love You, which is kind of blowing up because of everything that's happening in her personal life. Who did she used to love? <laughs> Gavin. Gavin. <laughs> oh, we still love him. Sorry. We, st- we still love Gwen. We still love Gwen. No, Not we support Gavin. her. Gavin can go sit. He doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Mm-hmm. And before that was the Manic Street Preachers, who were here not too long ago. They did a, a uh, one of those revival tours, or whatever you want to call it. Stay Beautiful is the song. And before that was Primal Scream from their infamous album, Screamadelica, with the song Moving On Up, which they did perform at the Warfield. And I have to say I was very impressed, and I'm glad that I got to see them what's their album name again screamadelica i love it (laughs) (laughs) i mean they're very kind of you know obviously influenced by the 60s um the rolling stones come to mind you know they were the same era as the stone roses and when they started the stone roses and the happy mondays and then they kind of somehow influence indie rock so like oasis and all those other bands that can totally are you trying not to laugh at me no. oh, okay <laughs> it's like what's going on You're over like, there no no but anyways i just go on rants if i feel special Stop branding what do you think you I are radio very, show host very special um this show was important <laughs> because it was just a few days after what happened at the Bata clan so people were you know very on edge and they still are you know scared i talked to somebody who's still afraid to go to a concert but you know me i'm not gonna stop so <laughs> me neither if i have money <laughs> it was if i can f- afford it i got one free ticket <laughs> yeah. i got one free ticket so i took yeah. advantage of that and i got to see the cult as well but I still think Primal Scream is better. Yeah. It might just be musical taste. Like, you you never yeah. know till you... I mean, the cult really... I mean, how many songs do you know by them? Like, four or five. Yeah. They were... I mean, they were good. Don't get me wrong. I was just... Maybe, you know, some, some things set you off. Other things don't set you off. Yeah. Who are we going to go see on the 29th, though? Morrissey. 29th of December. Sorry. Yeah, that's <laughs> happening. It's happening on our end. We bought the tickets, and we are expected to go... But we're not gonna. We might not go because yeah. of him. It so. may not happen. He might not show up. <laughs> he might do his infamous. Fuck you, San Francisco. You know, something like that. Yeah, so. we'll see. But anyways, Indian Oven is here. How you guys doing? Good. Are these on? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's They're hot. Live one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scared of that? Not this. Thing. Yeah. He's not scared <laughs> of us. He's just no. Scared yeah. Of these put a microphone. In I don't know what to do. They give yeah. you so much power. That one's, no, that one's a powerful one, though. That one is? Yeah. Unfortunately, they only work in oh, one nice. ear. But yeah, we, we they're need pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. As far as we can tell. I used to have that mic. Oh, did you? Yeah. For recording? Elvis mic. Yeah. Did I drop that one? You did, yeah. <laughs> I just dropped my phone when you guys were oh, really? playing, and I was like, Then we started <laughs> cracking up, and then she was praying it wasn't cracked. She was like, don't bring it. It's very... The thing about iPhones is maybe some other people have had a different experience. Very resilient in my experience. You think Very so? Re- yes. Mine broke today. Mine broke today. Yeah. But five. they are <laughs> <laughs> He's so sad. Why? What did you do? That was the saddest high five I've ever given. How did you? How did you do it? <laughs> well, so I don't know. The screen. The screen stopped working. 
Uh, it wasn't like an event that was just like a magical moment. It was just like a, oh, now you're not going to work anymore. Weird. What kind of iPhone was it? I mean, five. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't know what phones are. <laughs> what's a, a, what's a phone? Well, actually, I was just gonna pull aside. I did have an iPhone, but but I dropped it, and then I went back to the flip phone. It's an LG. Wait, flip it again so the Can viewers. You, do you have internet? The viewers. That's the sound of the phone closing. Like, the That's like the phone my grandpa there. uses because he refuses <laughs> to like. like charges, you'll get charged for something. So oh, I see. So I don't. Maybe it's uh, a good way to save money. How much is your phone? I bet phone? you're a really quick texter, though. I'm not. I'm really. No? Okay. Okay. You should see some of the text messages he sends me. But, uh, <laughs> like five days later. Yeah. yeah. He still uses two as in like two. Oh, definitely. T-O. Yeah. We That's talked about this today. He's like, tomorrow's the hardest word. I was like, well, listen, you should use a two and then like. Tomorrow. 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 Just don't put an O, just do like M R R W. Yeah, no vowel. The yeah. shorter yep. version. <laughs> it actually didn't drop my bill by that much. Oh, really? oh that sucks. $20 a month. That's it. Wow. Well, tell us a little bit about the songs that we just heard you perform live. I, had, I think I liked the last one the best. Cool. So the first song was God Said. And that's a, a new song that we've only played a few times. That's the first time. That's the first time I've ever played it. Woohoo! Yeah. And the basic idea of that song is I someday like to start a cult of some sort. <laughs> I just went Maybe to see the cult. Oh, really? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that I was like, that's relevant. <laughs> From the 80s, they have oh, that song, okay. She Sells Sanctuary. That's or a good song. Yeah. You know that song? Lips yeah. Like Sugar, hello. <laughs> that's, that's the one. Oh, wait, that's Echo and the Bunny Man. Okay, never mind. <laughs> but, yeah, so the premise of that one is just kind of like a cult-like song. Might, you probably can hear the lyrics that well, but that's a basic idea. What yeah. was the second one? Couldn't tell you. It's <laughs> not the name of the song. I just couldn't tell you what it was. The second one is Diamond Ring. Oh, yeah. It's that song that we play with feeling. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so that, one, that one's a, it's on, that it's one. on the new record, um, but it's probably, it's the oldest song on the new record, and it's the only one that we didn't record uh, in the studio. We did that one ourselves. Um, years and years ago in your parents' li- living room. Yeah. And uh, we liked it so much, and it stood the test of time and sound quality. So we're like, hey, let's throw it on the record because it's such a good tune. And um, not here tonight, but uh, our friend Jay Whitbeck plays tuba, and there's like a tuba, tuba. you know, intro to it. and it's a, That would be really interesting if it, it is, was here. It was, yeah. <laughs> tuba. <laughs> um, I'd pay to see that. Next time. Next time. <laughs> The next song was also acoustic, more uh, mystery novel. Mystery novel, and that's just like a basic, just like a story to that song. And pretty much, it's a guy who is alone a lot, and kind of starts, starts kind of like <laughs> looks right at me when he said that. That's so sad. <laughs> Looking like at him, and he was like, <laughs> "It's alone a lot." Kind of about Griffin, but I didn't, I didn't really tell him before. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah he's alone a lot, and he goes crazy. That's yeah. kind of like oh. what happens in the song. Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> and then, was there another acoustic song? No, that was it. Three. Oh, was it? Okay. And then we played Harder. And th- that song's on the new album. And then All these are, right? Yeah. And then Boogie with an X was the last one we played. And that's about a kid who's watching his mom go on a date with an ex-boyfriend. Of hers. That uh, she swore she yeah. would never date again. So it's like... Yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> it, that's about you. Too. Old news. That's all about that's all about I dated Sam's mom. <laughs> we said we wouldn't. I wouldn't do it again. Uh huh. Yeah. So 
So those are the, those are the songs you just played. Yeah, those are the gist. Um, yeah. Very cool. And so Indian Oven is the current project, correct? Yeah, so Indian Oven is like the East Coast, because they're from Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Yeah, born and, and raised. Well, actually, no, I wasn't. You were. Yeah, I was. You were. From, from Texas. Texas, yeah. And uh, so we played for a couple years back in Massachusetts, and I moved to San Francisco two years ago, and Griffin just moved to Sacramento. So gotcha. we're getting, like, back together. I reunion see. tour. Yeah. Slowly making your way out west. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How do you like it so far? I like it. Well, so you. Wait, how long have you been in San Francisco? Two years. Two years. Yeah. You went to Thailand a year before that, too. So it's been like a three year hiatus between the two of us. Like, I did it without him, mm-hmm. oddly enough. Um, You're proud of it. I'm very proud what of it. What about the other Sam? There's two Sam. There's so. <laughs> Sam is the guitarist yeah. in the other band I'm in, Sayers. And Don't we just brought him along to play. Oh, okay. We brought him along to play on some of the songs. Yeah, yeah he was it playing. It picks you up from far away. Yeah, he was playing bass earlier today, and we're like, how about you play guitar? Yeah. So. Awesome. And um, so what was, what were you doing before you were in Thailand? What was, was it the same project or was it different? Same project. Same project. Yeah. Yeah, we recorded our first CD 2011. Mm-hmm. And then uh, put that out. Uh, so that's on the inner internet, interwebs. Um, and then shortly after that, you moved to Thailand. Yeah. Then I moved home. We recorded these songs, and it's been two years mixing them. And so it's a process. It's been like a long process yeah. to finally get these songs finished. Great. And are you going to be playing any shows in San Francisco or we the don't Bay have Area? Any as of yet. Once, but soon. Yeah. Once we have a date for the. Uh, like the mastering is completed then we'll start like you know hammering it down mm-hmm. where would you like to play a show Ooh, I don't know. candlestick park but that's not the <laughs> anymore so i don't i mean that was my well, only you can still go. That, yeah that was my only one that i was, the runes uh, yeah. <laughs> the runes of candlestick uh oh what's that place by your house go. i like that place el rio no amnesia amnesia that would be cool yeah that'd be fun yeah i could see that it's not in valencia it has like a have red. you been there Mm-mm. I've been there. Has like a red. I've never been there. Red. Delirium. Yeah, it's right kind there. of like a ready brown, I think, or red. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ready brown. Yeah. That's a cool. That's a cool. <laughs> we, we Reddish brown. brown. We should name our band. Or, I think it's maroon. Isn't that maroon? What color is our hair? Ready brown. It's like a ready brown. Ready brown. <laughs> I was thinking the name of your band was Indian Coven. Indian Coven. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds cool too. That's cool. Oh, yeah, I, I like that a little better. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Indian Coven. How did you come up with the name Indian Oven? That's that's a story too, I guess. So Sam and I were been very good friends for since like seventh grade, mm-hmm. um, and we disagree on almost everything, mm. um, including band names, <laughs> things like that. And I I, just, I had probably fifteen like money band names. Like your band names are not. See, and this is where we would disagree, and he would think they're all stupid, and then he would come up with like some horrible ones. <laughs> And I was like, well, there's no way I'm going to be in a band called that. And uh, I wish we could remember some of them. Some of yours were so bad. Uh, but then, so there's this road that I would pass every day going to his house for a practice. And it was Indian Oven Road. And, like, I think I said it, like, jokingly one time. I was like, oh, we should just be, like, Indian Oven, like, the road. And he was like, I don't hate that. <laughs> I was in like, fact. Yeah. I was like, I don't hate that either, actually. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And that's how she happened. <laughs> I I will always think of you guys as she, a she collective. Yeah, we're, a, we're a collective she for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. 
Where can people find out more about Indian Oven online? We've got a Facebook. That's true. And we're going to start a band camp. But right now, Facebook and Spotify. Instagram. And Instagram. 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 And we have a Twitter, Common. too. Common we have a Twitter? Yeah. Wow. Tweets. He's not. He doesn't do any of the social media, if you guys are wondering. You guys, you do all of it. You can say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do a lot of legwork and arm work. <laughs> Why were you in Texas? Is that where, oh, that, that's where you're from? That's where, well, I grew up there. Gotcha. Yeah. What I, didn't, was, I didn't have a choice. What was that, <laughs> what was that like? Um, <laughs> tell us about Texas. I mean, I'll tell you about my childhood. So my mother and I, no. <laughs> Texas is cool. Like, I go, I go to South By. I've been to South By the past couple years. And Austin is just like the place to be. Like, if I didn't move here, uh, I was like debating moving there because it's like such a fun music. And music is like... It's the live music capital of the world, you know, that's what they say. It's probably a lot cheaper than here to live there. Yeah. I uh, I just like, money falls out of my wallet just like looking at houses around here. I'm like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> just start throwing Sorry, money yeah. on the street. I didn't mean to look at that. <laughs> <laughs> but you live in Sacramento, right? Yeah, I live in the, the old Sacktown. So can I say Sacktown on the radio? Yeah. yeah. Okay. On this radio. Sacktown. Wait, can we swear on this one? Yeah. Sure. Don't do it. I'm not gonna, but I just. <laughs> Don't do if it. If it slips out. <laughs> it's so tempting. I know. Now that I just, I know I can. Oh. So where do you see the band in the next year or so? What What does the future hold? I'd like to get some shows around San Francisco and Bay Area, and then maybe a West we're Coast. T- yeah, we're talking a West Coast. Uh, Seattle, Portland. Seattle to San Diego kind of thing. Yeah. That's a lot of bands that we talk to. That seems to when they're just when they're starting out or if they're getting back together again. It reunion seems to tour. be yeah, we'll reunion, reunion tour. Reunion tour yeah. <laughs> they're like, we got to do the West Coast before we go out to the East Coast or something like that. Yeah, I mean it'd be easy to go do East Coast too because I mean Northeast family's still there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are some good places out there besides obviously New York um, City? There's this like. There's um, this place, Boston. It's pretty fun. <laughs> Never it's, heard of uh, it. Yeah, it's this big city. There's lots of people. Uh, Paul, Revere's, Paul Revere's house is there. Yeah. Uh, Freedom Trail. Uh-huh. The the Tea Harbor, or the Tea Party. Tea Party. The Harbor, the Tea Party Harbor. harbor. Boston Harbor. Harbor. <laughs> harbor. Um, yeah, so Bo- I mean, we'd probably do a bunch of Boston. Northampton is where I'm from, and that's a big college town, and it's, you know, tons of live music comes through there, and... Uh, you know, I have a lot of friends, so it'd be cool. <laughs> well, lucky you. Yeah, I'm gifted that way. <laughs> Who would you say influenced you guys musically? We have different musical tastes. Yeah, he doesn't like good music. No, that's not true. He does. <laughs> you want to no, no. Wow, they're, oh, they're just going to fight on the air. Chris, what are you going to say? It wouldn't be the first time. I'm trying to think what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I'd say mine are like Neil Young. Obviously. Modest Mouse, Nirvana. Typical. Uh, those are probably like the best. That's right. Beatles. Like the Nobody the else. Beatles. Nobody else matters. Yeah. Okay. Nobody has said the Beatles here. Uh, I think it's like a thing that. where people are kind of afraid to say the Beatles because it's not. can't say like, the Beatles because, like, everyone's. Their head off. Beatles. Just kidding. But, well, like. It's like uh, Aisha doesn't like the Beatles. Oh, oh, really? I do, but okay. I'm not. I don't. I wouldn't <laughs> say they're in my top five. I'm much more of a psychedelic. What's you your know, top five? Velvet Underground. We just listen to them. The Slits, the Ramones, 
probably and then some other bands you've probably never heard of. Yeah. You know the slits? No. You don't hear a lot about females in rock, do you? No. <laughs> but I was just I was just reading an article about it, and she just wrote a, a memoir about her experiences. And when you think Carrie's of music, not in that band, is it? What? What's the one Carrie's in? Carrie Bronstein. Yeah. That's the band. No, no. She, oh. but it's she a bunch of different ones, <laughs> oh. and it's just talking. You know, it's interesting to hear their experience versus, you know, the Clash or the Sex Pistols, who are from the oh, same okay. era as the Pretenders and the Slits. So actually, the Pretenders what might were some major be in there. Differences. Just their an experience for a woman in music is probably going to be a lot different than men's experiences. You know, in yeah. terms of who you're interacting with, how you're treated. But you have to read the book to, to find oh, out yeah. more. <laughs> she was talking about, in one of them, the one with Viv Albertine, she was talking about cervical cancer, being a housewife, you know, all those experiences on uh, top yeah. of, behind, you know, behind the scenes type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So the nitty gritty. But apparently their books are selling better than Elvis Costello. So I thought that was interesting. Wow, cool. yeah. <laughs> Good he for them. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Your influences are what? Oh, mine? Um, Besides the Delta Spirit. See, well, I mean, I don't know that they were a big influence because I didn't really listen to them until, you know, already playing music. Well, I guess you can be influenced after you start playing music, but um, I mean, I don't know. I don't like think, I mean, I listen to music, but I don't think about sounding like music when I play music. It just kind of like happens. Well, who are your favorite bands? Right mm, Modest Mouse. Is, uh, so that's, you have something yeah, yeah, with your friends. I was going to say that first. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I like. It's different bands I like at different times. I guess, you know, Group Love has been a big one that I like the I past couple of years. They're fun. Uh, they're a lot of fun live. Um, you know, rock and roll, Black Keys. Yeah. Black Keys. She saw them at saw Outside Lunch. Dan looks so sad. <laughs> he looks like... Uh, have you listened to The Arcs? No, I haven't. Oh, I, I like know that's his new band. Yeah, I like that a lot. Oh. Is that just one of them? Is that the new band? What? For the the Arcs? The no, there's a bunch of people in the band. Oh. Well, yeah, I figured it was more than one band. Other people. Is it just the one arc? Isn't it a mega band? Like, isn't there, like, other popular... There's, like, three... Oh, you mean, like, Supergroup? Yeah, Supergroup. Oh. Uh, I mean, it is a mega band, yeah. yeah. The Black Keys formed a new band called no. Arc. No. Oh, no. No, just Dan Auerbach. <laughs> Nobody said that. Yeah. Dan Because I was talking about Dan Auerbach. Yeah, he was... I also like to point out that Sam is uh, the other Sam, because there's another Sam here tonight. He's just, like, sitting in the other room looking at us. Does he, does he, he hate radio interviews? Here. No, I think right, well, he's not into we band. In I think. Well, this is the first time we've ever played with him. Right. And uh, he's not allowed. Oh, look what he's wearing. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Would oh. you guys do that? Definitely. <laughs> That's a good. <laughs> you incorporate that sweet. into your live show. Yeah. <laughs> that Plus the tuba. Yeah. I'm, I'm, we we wanted to ask him about the slides. Oh. Because I didn't no, even. Didn't. Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. I do. What, what's the deal with the slides? Why? What influenced him to? Incorporate that. that he's making himself. We made that him was do the it. You we made him do it. it. We're like, you're you playing slides. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. I don't think he did. <laughs> no, there's no way he did. Look at him. I get it. I get it. <laughs> oh, she's so kind. Um, yeah. Well, he's handsome, so that's mainly why we have him in. He's eye candy. He's eye candy, and he's strong. He brings all the girls to the show. He carries a lot of gear. He's arm candy, too, you guys are like. Yeah, for sure. Carrying him around, walking down the street. Carry him around. Yeah, we carry him around. Oh, my God. You drag him around town. Hey, we're in a band. He's in it, too. Check us out. 
That's not a bad idea, yeah. And whatever gets people into your shows, right? Yes, (laughs) exactly. Where have you guys performed? Sorry. Go ahead. Um, Have you guys performed in the city as a band? Like, not not him and I, no. Okay. Um, Separately, yeah. But, like, East Coast, like, when we played a lot on the East Coast. Do you recommend any venues that we should check out if we ever visit the East Coast? Yeah, there's lots of good ones. Um, off the top of my head. Irving Plaza. Sorry. Irving Plaza. <laughs> I was in New York this year. so. The Garden. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Arlene's Grocery in New York is pretty cool. Um, Northampton, there's a lot of cool spots. Uh, the Iron Horse usually has pretty good bands coming through. Um, in Boston, Lizard Lounge generally has really oh, good I've bands. Heard of that one. Yeah. Burlington. Um, I thought you were going to say Burlington Coat Factory. Burlington That's Coat the only Factory. Burlington we know of. Uh, <laughs> we we bust there a lot. And we great reception. Um, in the yeah. Soma. That yeah. would be actually pretty good. They love it. So yeah. uh, just keep doing it. Um, what's it going to Burlington? Radio Bean's pretty cool. Radio Bean, yeah. That's pretty small, but that's cool. They're pretty small, but they're cool. Yep. That's true. Nectars. Nectars. It's cool. Mm. Like we could be lying and you guys would never know. I know, we're like, home. tell us more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, old Jimmy's. <laughs> that, that's a great spot. <laughs> We've never been there before. <laughs> but we will, right? Yeah. yeah. We put it on our to do list. Yeah, go to old Jimmy's if you're ever in New England. <laughs> it probably does exist. It does. Yeah, probably, yeah. Google it. Google it. Well, did you want to play um, some of the recordings I think yeah. you mentioned? Did you bring them in? Someone, I couldn't remember. That's what we were talking about. We're, before you yeah, started, so we couldn't remember oh. if we sent you the songs or not. I think you might have. Are, Are you on? Memory a little hazy. Are no. you on? You're not on Bandcamp, right? We're not on Bandcamp. No, our okay. old one is. Spotify? Maybe? Our old one's on Spotify if you yeah. want to do an old one. Oh, okay. Oldie but goodie. Oldie but the goodie. I could sprint in the car and get the CD. While we're playing the new one? Yeah. yeah. It's actually not a bad idea. Indian. We have. An... Cool. I could probably get there and back in two minutes. He used to run cross country, so. He had so many. We totally talked. That's the one. Let's do the third one. Track three. Yeah. People one. like that one. So I'm told. Stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio.
Thought it's over cause I'm tied to this post But you're the house and I'm the ghost And I can never understand When they say don't bite the We just played two songs, two of your older tracks, right? Yeah. Indian Oven. Came out in 2011. First Held High and I'll Still Bite You. I kind of like that song title. I'll just be honest with it's, you. It's, yeah. It's like I'll still bite you. So how would you say you have evolved musically since then? Um, well, so with that album, it was five songs and uh, it was just Sam and I recorded the whole thing ourselves. He did bass, I did guitar, harmonica. So we did all the instrumentation, all the singing ourselves. And uh, in this new one, um, it's a full length, so it's 11 songs. And uh, there's a lot, we have a lot of musicians on it. Um, actually, we have uh, the guy who did cello on Disarm, the Smashing Pumpkins album. Is yeah. <laughs> He's doing cello on two of our tracks, which is really cool. What? Whoa. Um, you better promote that. I like, know, it's like crazy. I'm featuring. He <laughs> also, yeah, featuring uh, the cello player from Smashing Pumpkins. Um, from Disarm. And he also, actually, he also did like a, what is that song? Uh, hey There Delilah, there's a cello track. He did oh, the cello yeah. on that too. So he's like, he's a legit guy. Um, and we have a tuba player, obviously. Jay Whitbeck plays tuba. Uh, Alex Stranga plays uh, banjo. Um, I think he plays guitar on it too. Um, Emma Cohen, she sings on it. Um, we have a what else? We got we have a violin for a track. Keep going, keep going. Played by Noah. <laughs> There's uh, gonna be a harmonica there somewhere. Is there a harmonica on this one? Do I play harmonica on this one? I don't think so. I don't. There might be. I don't know. I mean, TBA. I usually I usually try because he fights me about. It, I usually just try and put harmonica in a lot of songs. And he's like, no. But he likes Neil Young. Exactly. Which yeah, ma- you I, don't really know how to play harmonica. I know oh, how to shit. play harmonica. <laughs> you gotta start somewhere. Really what about Bob Dylan style? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah. So, but I think definitely just like a lot of different uh, layers to this one the other one was kind of straightforward you know guitar bass drums this one you know has a lot of you know layers and different instrumentation going on and uh, it's a little more I guess the other one was a little more folkier we had an acoustic guitar I could hear that acoustic the new stuff's more electric with more um, pedals and like more fun slide stuff. guitar more slide guitar and like uh, just like yeah more produced I would say yeah. we spent a lot more time on this one the other one we did like two weeks where would you say 
your audience uh, over the years i imagine you've been releasing things online mm -hmm. where do you say your audience is mostly based would it be on the west coast would it be outside of the states um no i would say it's probably split west coast east coast uh probably more east coast because we were there longer um and yeah so i'd say mostly east coast east coast, east coast. Just do you think you'll ever like move back there or do you think you're gonna stay here for a while uh, i think once we get really really famous and i can buy like a really nice uh, house on martha's vineyard uh <laughs> i think then i'll go back then you're uh, gonna trash this place and yeah. be like see ya don't yeah. want to be a burn all my bridges and then just <laughs> you know, live on martha's vineyard um yeah so i mean <laughs> something like that i like how it's like everything points to martha's vineyard that's all that matters that's the goal. Was that that's the uh, end game, Blue Jasmine? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Blue Jasmine, right? The Woody Allen movie. I don't oh. Know if you saw that. I actually didn't see that. The part, um, a big part of it was filmed here, but then there, there's also her previous married life when she was on the East Coast, which was Martha's 